Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Good morning, family. Hey, y'all were louder than the 9 a.m., but I got to hear it one more time. Good morning, family. It's good to be back here at Renewal Church of Chicago. I missed you all. Uh, it feels like I was gone for a while, but it was the new year, and I think just between Christmas and traveling and things like that, I, I just, it's just good to be home, man. I, to be able to worship, and man, they, man, we got a good worship team, don't we? Thank you, Jesus. And I'm excited to jump into where we're going this morning as we talk about the state of the church and what God has done in our midst throughout the last year and where we're going here in 2023. Before we get there, I want to introduce myself because I know there's probably some of you that are new and you're wondering who I am. My name is Derek Puckett, lead pastor here at Renewal Church in Chicago. They call me Pastor D. Uh, my wife and I, we planted this church some years ago. And if you're from another tradition and you're like, what's a lead pastor? I'm the senior pastor here at Renewal Church of Chicago. So I'm glad that you are here with us and joined us on this Sunday morning. You picked a great Sunday uh, because just like you would hear the State of the Union address, we're going to talk about all that God did at Renewal throughout the past year. And so this morning, the word that I want to just, I want to jump into the word really quickly, and I'm going to have you go to Psalm 16, verse 11. We're going to look at one verse uh, this morning. This is one that I continually meditate on, and it uh, continue to keeps me at a place where I remember who God is in my life, that he's brought me a mighty long way. So Psalm 16 Verse 11, if you will and you're able, go ahead and stand your feet with me as we read uh, that one verse together. If you got it, go ahead and say, got it. If you're online, write it in the chat. Got it? I didn't hear you, so uh, wait a couple minutes or a couple seconds. Y'all got it? All right, there we go. Uh, Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Here now the reading of God's word, just one verse. says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to read it again. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, everyone say presence. There is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Very word of God. Amen. Uh, today, uh, again, I want to speak on the state of the church 2023. State of the church 2023. Let, let's quiet our hearts and let's just pray and come before God as we enter into our time. Father, thank you for this morning. You are truly a mighty and an awesome God. You've done things in each one of our lives individually, and you've done a lot within the midst of our church. So, God, as we celebrate and we look through the past year, God, I pray even now, even as I speak, that you would hide me behind your cross so that people may see you this morning. Not me, but you, God. Decrease me so that you can increase in this place. Father, we need to hear from you, and we're thankful for you. So, Lord, we give you this time. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and in our minds. 
Fill this place with your presence. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all say together, amen, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> well, every year around this time of year, one of the things that my, my wife and I do, sometimes we do this on purpose, sometimes we do it unconsciously, is we, we like to pull out uh, old pictures, we like to pull out old pictures and we look back of old, old photos that we've taken, maybe when we were uh, just got married and or when our babies were actual babies and not giants. Uh, we, we look back over the years at what God has done and realize God has brought us a mighty long way. We look at these pictures, and if you grew up like me, your mom, you, you probably had those photo albums at your house. Y'all know what a photo, photo album is? We don't do that anymore, right? My mom, she had, had the baby books, you know, that, that she would pull out and would embarrass the mess out of me. You know, just look at Derek when he had this baby. He had no clothes. I'm like, why you got to show the one with the clothes off? Why, why can't you do the one with, I, I was looking nice, you know? But Y'all remember photo albums? Some of y'all are like, I don't even know what that is, Pastor D. Because all we got nowadays is we got phones and iPhones and things. Where we just we take a gazillion photos, and they're all over our phones, and that's what we have. And even with that, it's still good to just look back over the photos that you, you've taken, whether it be the year that you just went through or the year before. And I'm going to be honest, like, I love, they have this feature on iPhone where you, you get, I don't know if you, if you don't have an iPhone, you know what I'm talking about, but uh, God bless you. And, uh, but the iPhones, they have this feature where they, they pull out all of these photos and they just make an album for you. And every now and then it just pop up on the phone and I was just like, thank you, Jesus, because I hate, I can't, I'm on social media and stuff like that, but it's hard for me to make a post with all these pictures because I'm like, I don't know what looks good, what doesn't look good, what shouldn't I post, what should I post, and I'm like, thank you, iPhone, they just made it for me, and I just get to look through it, I'm like, that, that, was, a, that was a fun time, we had, we had some great moments there, and I ain't even, do, I just took the picture, and they put it together for me. Matter of fact, what, look at this one, this is one that popped up on my phone the other day, and I just wanted to share it with y'all. That's a snake, y'all. Like, y'all can put your hands together just for the snake on my python. But see, one of the things that I love about this feature, and I, I just love looking back at photos because it helps me. It helps me. It helps me to do two things. One, it, it, it helps put a smile on my face because I look back and I, I think about, man, God has been good, which leads into the second one because it, it helps me understand the goodness of God or remember the goodness of God because God has brought me a mighty long way. He, he's brought me through the good the ugly, the bad, all that in between to where now I stand before you today. 
helps me smile. And, and see, it's good sometimes to just look back at photos and look back at these albums and all over your, your phone and this and that. Because if we're honest, sometimes, although we may know God is good, it doesn't always feel like he's good. Sometimes you, you just feel like you're going through it, down in the dumps, and all these things have been happening in your life. And, and, and it's hard to believe that God is good because it doesn't feel like he's good. Anybody ever been there before? We just the, the circumstances and the things that have happened in your life that are happening around you, they start to triumph the, the understanding that, that God is good. They start to trump that. And, and it's like, well, well, I don't know if I believe that because I feel this way. And so listen, sometimes it's good to just slow down. Look at some pictures. Look at where God has brought you from. To where you are today, that he's kept you, and he's going to continually keep you. And we get into this passage today. You, I believe David here, the writer of this psalm, he, he's reminding himself of the same thing. He's saying, God, God, you see me, you know me, and you have a plan for me. I, I love it. He says, in your presence. Whew, He says, in your presence, I find fullness of joy. He doesn't say in your presence, I find joy. He says, in your presence, I find fullness of joy. That's the epitome of joy. That's joy to the utmost. He he says, I find all my joy in you, God, nowhere else. I don't find it in my money, my job, my possessions, my relationships, my significant other, my friends, or my willpower. I find it in your presence. I'll miss your amen. Say, we find joy. This is for you. We find joy when we dwell with God in his presence. We find joy when we dwell with God in his word. We find joy when we dwell with God in prayer. David goes on. He says, at your right hand. Or with you is where I find pleasure forevermore, and not on this earth, not in anybody, not in anywhere else. I find my pleasure in you. Now, I don't know about you, but every now and then I just need to be reminded that my joy and my pleasure is found in God. Because some things happen around me and to me. And if I start believing what's happening to me or around me, it starts to steal my joy. But I got to understand, like David, my joy, my pleasure is found in God. And so today, what I want us to do as a church, I want us to just pause. I want to celebrate, despite everything else that's happening around us, maybe even to you right now, even this past week, because we too, as a church, we need to be reminded of the goodness of God. I want us to celebrate what God has done through the life of our church over the past year. So today, as I walk through the state of the church, my hope is that we will be encouraged by what God has done. And most of all, I want us to understand the good, good father that we have on our side. See, believers that believe in the Lord Jesus and what he's done on your behalf, 
know that God, God wants good things for you. He also wants to do good things through you. He wants to, to use you. He's mighty and he's faithful. So today, I, I'm not going to preach as much as I usually would on a Sunday. I'm trying not to right now. But, but what I want to do is I want to give you a snapshot, a snapshot of our church, a snapshot of what all God is doing here. I'm not going to cover everything. There's so many things that I even had in the first service, people coming up and telling me all the things that they've done. I'm, I want that. I want to know that. I, I do want us to be a church where I don't, we don't know everything that's going on, which means that you're getting the vision of what God has called us to do as a church. But I'm going to give you a snapshot so that you can celebrate and hopefully it encourage you, encourages you to remember, but also know that God is good in your life. And so with that, there should be a bunch of clapping and amen in today. So I, I need y'all to wake up 11 o'clock and we're going to practice real quick. Clap for me. I ain't see everybody. Keep clapping. Y'all got it. Now everybody say Amen. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All right, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Okay. Let's walk through this. The way I like to do this when I do the state of the church at our at Renewal, if you've never been here before, is I like to walk through our vision and show you how that's kind of played out in the life of our church. And our vision here at Renewal is to be a church that's centered on the gospel while seeking passionately the welfare of the city. Which means that if God saw fit, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. If he saw fit to remove us from the city of Chicago, the city would miss us because we love this city so well. We were seeking the welfare of the city, which means that it did, we didn't just huddle here on Sunday mornings, but outside of these walls, we're doing the work of the ministry and the city's being effective. And so that's what we want to be as a church. And I believe that this is kind of resting upon three pillars, as I like to say it as a church and that's we want to renew, rebuild, and release people through the work of Jesus Christ. So today I'm going to unpack these three pillars, and then hopefully it encourages you of how all of this is already playing out in the life of renewal. First one is renewing hearts by the gospel. The gospel is simply the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done on our behalf. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. What we see here is that God loves us, and through that he gives us his Son, Jesus, and then we believe and we live forever. So God loved, God gave, we believe, we live forever. That's the gospel in a nutshell. This pillar has rang out through the life of our church practically in many different ways. One way, you get to receive it every Sunday. That's me sitting up here preaching a sermon. This is us now giving you the gospel. You get this every Sunday. And I, 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 we stand firmly on this one. I, I, it doesn't get old to me when new people or folks come to our church and they say, man, I, thank you for preaching the word so passionately. Thank you for preaching the gospel and walking through uh, the word line by line and just teaching us. Because here's the reality. Whether it's me or someone else standing up on this stage... It's not my eloquence, it's not what I look like, or what I say that changes lives. It's the word of God that changes lives. It's what Jesus has done on our behalf that changes lives. So that compliment does never, never gets old. And so, so we're going to preach the word passionately every week. And so that's one way that you're going to get the gospel. But I, I want to show you some ways that this is kind of playing out through the life of our church already. This year, I, with a full year back without restrictions, we averaged around 350 souls in attendance every Sunday. 
Amen. Y'all got this thing. I wasn't done yet, though. In addition, <laughs> we had one to 200 other folks watching online. And, and that's all across the different platforms. It's probably more than that because it's hard to calculate all of this. But what this means is that our church has grown immensely on the outside or other side of a pandemic. Anywhere to five to 600 plus people tuning in or being here at Renewal Weekly. And some of you may feel this number because you've been here for a while and you're like, I don't know any of these people. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I stand up here and I feel like a guest preacher in my own church because I'm like, I don't know y'all. But I want to get to know you. And so, but that's something to celebrate, that God is doing something in our church and is continually growing in a, in a space where a lot of churches are not growing. They're shrinking. They're shutting their doors down. But God has saw fit to keep his hand on renewal. And so that's something to praise. Now y'all can praise God because uh, I love it. Y'all eager to clap. That's good. we got a lot of that left. And we, we've had hundreds of new people uh, fill out Connect cards wanting to be a part of the church and attending our Connect classes. We had seven baptisms last year and more coming soon here in February because people have already signed up. And I can't wait for those that want to be baptized and proclaim that, uh, that they're unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done in their life. If you're interested and you want to be baptized, maybe you were baptized as a child or you're now coming to know Jesus and you're saying this, I want to proclaim it, let us know. Inf- re- email us at info at renewalchicago.com or talk to me or Ramon in the back. We want to take or be on that journey with you as God works in your life. There's been countless testimonies of how folks have been challenged by the sermon series here at Renewal. How many, if you were here last year, did you guys enjoy some of the series that we walked through? Amen, amen. I was hoping y'all be a lot louder than that. Uh, I ain't trying to promote myself, but hey, I'm so glad that um, you all have been challenged through the sermons throughout the last year. And even myself, as I was walking through them, we're planning out the series and what will God have us say here to our church He challenged me in many different ways, and so I thank you for your encouragement as we've worked hard and diligently to walk through the Word. We've had 41 new members join our church in the past year. 41. 41 who said they didn't want to just fill a seat, but they want to put their hands to the plow and say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of what God is doing here. If you're interested in membership and that's you, We're going to have a two-week membership class coming up here in February. Make sure you look out for that and sign up for it. Now, there's so much more that I can mention about this, but I want to keep moving because there's a lot that I have left to talk about, which leads into our our second pillar, because after you renew with the gospel, you're now rebuilt through discipleship, which is, this plays out in everything we do at our church. Everything we do, uh, we want to bleed discipleship, this pouring out on to one another. And so discipleship, it's this process by which we as believers, we grow in our walks with Jesus Christ, or I like to say it means that we reproduce, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. Y'all try to say that real fast. I don't think you can do it. Some of y'all tried. Reproduce, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ, which means that we're not going to just be the Christians that, that get the gospel and sit on the sidelines, but we want to engage every part of our life living it out for Jesus everywhere we go. See, this rebuilding or discipleship plays itself out many different ways in our church. It happens on a Sunday morning. This is a discipleship moment. Me standing here preaching and giving it to you, giving you the word, giving you the gospel. This is discipleship right now. 
It happens in our group settings where we meet in homes throughout the week. It happens life on life where you're pouring out uh, one on one another, one on one. There's many different ways where discipleship happens. And the reason I break that down is because Jesus calls us as Christians to make disciples. Matthew 28, a scripture we use quite a bit here, it says this, 18 through 20, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I love this part. He says, I am with you always, always, to the end of the age, which means that you're not by yourself. But when you look at this, Jesus doesn't say, well, when you feel like talking about me, go ahead and do it. No, he doesn't give you the option. It's a command, which is why we're passionate about making disciples here at Renewal. We want to preach the gospel on Sundays, the high vision of the gospel, but we want you to live it out practically throughout the week with those that you come in contact with in smaller communities, which really what I'm getting at is that we need community. We need community. And the encouraging part about this is that rebuilding lives through discipleship and community has already been taking place. Here's a short list. In a few weeks, we're going to start our groups. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't. We're going to start our groups back up. Where last fall, we trained uh, and had 40 different group leaders here across 13 different groups. And listen, we're going to add three more new groups because we had around 250 or more of you in these groups across the city of Chicago. That's a lot. And I, I know that you're ready to jump in because here's the reality. Because and, and, we had 250. We had 141 people sign up that were new in the fall for groups. And so I, I want to share that. And it, it's worthy of praise because, like I said, there are churches that are struggling for Sunday attendance. And you all are not just coming on Sunday, but you're, you're meeting in homes outside of the church. Over 250 of you all said, I, I want to dig in more. I, I don't want to just be in a seat on Sunday. I, I want to do life with one another and with other people in community, which points to the fact that we all need community. On the other side of the pandemic, we witnessed something that small groups have become even more foundational and important to the life of the believer and life of church. We're hoping to continue this trajectory as we move forward. There have been countless testimonies, and I can ask many of you all about how vital small groups have been in your life. Uh, But as a matter of fact, I want you to hear from uh, Brian and Savannah, who led a group here this past year. I'm Brian. You should say hi. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm Brian Cherry. And I'm Savannah Cherry, and we lead the Avondale Small Group. So I first started going to small groups at Renewal um, because my friend invited me in 2019, and it was such a blessing for me in a hard season of my life to have community. And I was new to the church, and this was my first opportunity to get to know people at the church and get to go into someone's home, eat meals with people, and um, get to learn more about 
other people's faith and it was just such a gift for me. Brian and I have been in the Avondale group for the past two years and this year we started leading a group and what I love about renewal small groups is a couple things. One thing that I love is how they're neighborhood centered. It's been really great to get to know people in our area and it's just a great way to build community in this city and in this church and then I also love that the small groups we study together the scripture that we studied on Sunday morning at church. For me and for how I learn, it's really great because like I'm not just sitting in church on Sunday hearing a message and then leaving um, and going about my week, but we get to get together and open the same scripture and talk with other people and I get to hear about their faith. I get to see how they read the Bible and what they think about it and it's great for me to continue to meditate on the scriptures throughout the week. And um, I feel like it, it really helps me grow and learn. Like, I feel like I'm really learning. And that's been great. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, COVID was a hard time spiritually for a few reasons. And I think the biggest one was just with the pandemic, it really took away my church community that I had previously. Um, and so when Savannah and I got engaged and I started coming to Renewal, uh, it was around the time that group started to pick up again and so it just was a really uh, exciting time for me to have community at church um, and a group of people to grow in my faith with and just learn from their experiences with God and how they're doing and so when I had the chance to leave with Savannah this year it was a no-brainer and just went quiet and I don't want to be talking <laughs> yeah, we um, we were able to do a love few each other, right? hangout times with people from our group uh, throughout this break in between. Uh, but we're, I think really what we're excited about is just having the whole group back together um, and actually, you know, not just hanging out and continuing to get to know each other, but also going and learning about what was preached about on Sunday and just really hearing from other people and what they think about awesome. that. Yeah, so. Anything else? Guys? Any other questions for us? No, nah, you're good, you're good. <laughs> hey, you can tell they like each other, right? The one thing I want you to pick up about our groups is that people have cared for one another. There's been, uh, they've been encouragement to each other, not only this year, but through the pandemic. Uh, a lot of the shepherding needs have been picked up by our small group leaders. And with that, I want to say thank you to small group leaders in here. Can y'all put your hands together for them? And my prayer is that all of us would jump into a group and be faithful uh, to growing with one another in community outside of Sunday morning. This is where we do outreach. We reach our community. Uh, we get into each other's lives a little bit, too, because we need each other. We need to sharpen one another. The curriculum is sermon-based. What you hear on a Sunday morning is now broken down practically so you can live it out with one another in your community. And so this is what I want you to do. If you've never signed up for a group, you got permission right now. Take out your phones. Some of you already had it out. Take out your phone. You can go on the website, RenewalChicago.com, and you can click the uh, Connect With Us tab there, and then you scroll down, and it goes to uh, groups there. Or you can scan this. It's a lot easier. And then you can go sign up. So I want you to sign up. I want you to sign up for that. We're going to start those in a couple weeks. You don't want to miss what God does in those groups as we grow with one another. With that, I want to also give some more honor where honor is due. I want to say thank you to my brother, uh, Steve Coble, who is also... He's a teaching pastor, here, but a big part of his job is over our spiritual formation here as a church. And so he wants to make sure that you all grow in the life of church outside of Sunday morning, the preaching moment. 
And so under that falls our groups and what you're learning in those groups. And so he's done a great job and under his leadership is done well at our church. Our groups have grown. And with that, Mike has helped out big time with that, been with him, making sure the day-to-day responsibility. So y'all can clap for both of them and all that God has done through our groups ministry here at our church. And I'm looking forward to where we're going from here. There's many other ways, and I'm going to keep walking through this, that we encourage community uh, through our church. Men's and women's group, Ramon mentioned that. Women met yesterday, and it was like 50 or so in that room, and I'm pretty sure they did an awesome job. They usually have like pastries and meals and stuff like that, and Ramon, I'll be like, Doc, why we only got fruit, man? Like... (laughs) You trying to make me lose weight or something, huh? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We, men, look out. We're going to have a great gathering at the end of this month, and I'm looking forward to that. We had our fourth annual marriage retreat here where 50 of you all participated in that, and so we're passionate about building into our families, and God's coming between a man and a woman here where there's a more than a 50% uh, divorce rate, and so I'm, I'm thankful you all jumping into that. Uh, we had a successful renewal summer last year where we, we planned an event every week. Come on now. We planned an event every week. That's led by our group leaders and many that went through the pipeline. We had another successful pipeline. And I love renewal summer because you may not realize it, but what we're doing as we go to different parts of the city is now teaching you how to love the city. That's one of our values here. And a lot of times we don't go out of our neighborhood. Some people on the south side never go to the west or the north side, vice versa. And so what we're doing is we're getting you out of your cocoon or your community. And now you get to love the city a bit more and meet people other places. And so that's part of what Renewal Summer is all about, as well as enjoying the summer in Chicago. Uh, Several of you walked through Financial Peace University last year, um, and you're learning how to steward your money. I want to give it up for Jordan Carroll, who's led that throughout, I think, the last five or six years at our church. And if you're interested in the next one, it's starting in a couple weeks. As they said, I'm going to be leading that or helping lead that. That's going to happen in a couple weeks. It's going to be a little shorter, so four weeks. I want you all to start this year off learning how to steward and manage your finances in the way God would have you do so. Uh, We had our second 21-day Daniel fast last year. We prayed together daily for what God would do uh, in our church or wants to do in our church. And we're doing another one right now, but it's not just our church. As you know, I lead the Chicago Partnership where we partner with other churches in the city. So you literally have thousands of Christians that are fasting together for the Big C Church for God to do something here in the city of Chicago. And so if you haven't jumped in and you're not receiving these devotions or fasting with us, it ain't too late to jump in. So I want you to guys to pray about that. Jump in with us. See me or you can text Renewal Devotion to 94000 and we'll get you involved with that as we pray for God to do something amazing here in our city. Our kids ministry under Lauren Harvison. Y'all give it up for Lauren Harvison. We've had over 40 children each week. In our children's ministry, uh, Lauren has gathered many different volunteers that have worked with this. They've put together programming each week so your children can worship uh, with uh, while you're up here worshiping, too. I saw her coming in, so y'all got to clap up one more time for her because here she is. She didn't, she didn't hear it before. <laughs> They, they had an Easter bounce house. They had egg hunts. They had back-to-school park hangouts for the children, parents' night out with child care, parents' night out, 
Y'all ain't hear this. With child care, it's a blessing to your ministry. So if you missed that, take advantage of it when it comes out. Halloween, trunk or treats, anniversary bounce houses, cotton candy, and Robbie did all of that. And Christmas kids singing along. And there's much more that they've done, but God has done a great thing through our kids' ministry. We had nine baby dedications last year, and I know we have more in the pipeline because y'all take this fruitful and multiply thing serious at Renewal. I think y'all just really following in our footsteps with my five children. It's all good. Go ahead and catch us if you want to. We'll grow the church together. We had 26 volunteers. Give it up for the volunteers of the kids' ministry that have been working with them. And we're in need of at least eight more, if not more. I'm going to say a lot more than that to volunteer in our kids' ministry. So I want to do this. If you're over the age of 14, raise your hand. Higher. If you don't have your hand raised, I'm going to stay here until you raise it. Raise your hand. I need to see it. If you're over the age of 14, don't put it down. Y'all going to get a workout. Barring a background check and loving Jesus. You can serve in kids' ministry. And I'm serious about that. This is the next generation of leaders in our society. The next generation of adults. What more vital ministry do we have as a people? This isn't a time for you to just come in and say, well, my kids are getting babysat. No. It's a time for you to pour out, too. So even if it's just one Sunday a month, we need you to volunteer. Jump in, and I'm talking to my men too. If I had someone volunteering in my life as a young kid, uh, well, I really, I just dreamed about it. And so I'm only here because mentors did that. And so be able to see a man for myself to look at someone. Because we're commonly like, well, the women are serving. No, 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 men need to serve there too. We serve there too. And so if you're over the age of 14, you love Jesus. All right. Background checks, we're going to get you in there. So make sure you sign up for that. You can see Lauren. We'll have a time after service where you can sign up to volunteer, too. Uh, one thing I love, too, uh, with that, we launched our, our middle school and high school ministry, Renewal Young Living, last year. And so we, we, that, that's something I'm looking forward to. My daughter here in the first service, that's the first time she clapped in all the service, all services when I said Renewal Young Living. We've had 30 students at, at our past couple times where they've gotten together. They had a summer celebration. They had a Christmas celebration. Uh, they gave away some shoes, some Jordans and stuff. I'm like, yo, what's up? With, can, we give, can y'all give me? Well, I don't need no more Jordans. But they, they gave away all these shoes and everything. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like kids are coming together and they're learning uh, not only about Jesus, but fellowshipping with one another. And they look forward to doing this. And they're doing this. We're looking to do it every month and hopefully every week. And so, like I said, we need your help. We need you to jump in and serve. Our residency program at our church is going really well. Ramon and, and Mike in the back. Can y'all give it up for these two guys? Ramon and Mike, they serve in all different capacities here at our church, and some of you are wondering what a residency program is. It's just like a medical residency, where these are resident pastors coming underneath myself and Pastor Steve, where they're learning kind of the ins and 
of how to do church and, and what's in there. They get their hands a little dirty uh, and, and they succeed and they fail at things. They're serving on multiple different levels, them and their wives, as I see Diamond in the back. They're doing all different types of things in our church, from preaching to serving in community. And I say all of this because, and I may have not said this before, but I want you to know that these, they're your residents too, Okay. And so they're learning from you as well as being loved on by you, too, because hopefully if they're not here, they're going to go out and they're going to serve another church faithfully as they, we send them out of renewal if they don't end up here. And so I want you, when I say that your residents take care of them, it was, it was I'm going I'm to tell you, there was nothing, I was broke as a resident, so I know where they are, too, and so there's nothing like a hot meal. And I was just playing. They, they're raising support. They're doing well. But take them out and, and let them like, love on them as they're loving on you. These guys are pouring out. They're in school. They're doing different things. And I'm excited. I'm thankful for these two brothers, too, as we look forward to do more with more as we train them up uh, here in the coming years. We don't want to just teach you about discipleship. We want to model it within our staff. And so I'm thankful for them. There's many more things that I could talk about dealing with discipleship, but the simple point I want you to go away with this morning is that the gospel is taking root in the hearts and the lives of people, and lives are now being changed. People are being rebuilt. The last of our three pillars is releasing people for city impact, and we really could say the world, because our desire is anyone that steps foot in here on a Sunday morning is that they would have a gospel experience that's so rich that they can't help but to tell somebody about how good God has been in their life as they leave outside these doors. See, after we're renewed by the gospel, we're rebuilt through discipleship and community, then we're lastly released. This isn't something we made up. We see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus shared his life with his disciples, and ultimately he released them before he ascended to heaven. He says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, the disciples were left to do the work of the ministry without Jesus physically being present anymore. He sends them out to do with others what he's done with them. In essence, disciples make other disciples. This, listen to me, is how the city will be changed. This is how the world is changed. This is why we sit here today talking about this same gospel message. In essence, really what I'm trying to get at is I, 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 mean, I, I want each and every one of you all to not just hear what we say or what we preach, but I want y'all to change your neighborhoods, change your jobs, change every place that you walk into because of what Jesus is doing in your life. And I'm encouraged by this because it's already happening in our church. Many of you, and I'm not going to name off all of them, but many of you are you're volunteering with GRIP and you're doing a ministry with SLAM and the fatherless youth here in our community. Jay continues to serve on that board as well as uh, Steve and I've told you this before, there is no Pastor Derek without ministries like this and mentors stepping in our lives. I could say that for Pastor Steve as well as Ramon and Mike. Without mentors, we're not here. 
And so I'm thankful for you all. And many of you may have time to jump in and do this same thing with GRIP. We hosted a backpack giveaway last year. We gave backpacks to 60 different kindergartens right down the street uh, at, at a school down the street. We hosted meals during the holiday season for those looking for a place to celebrate that didn't have a place to celebrate. I love this one. We gave over 350 gifts to students at KIPP Academy for Christmas. Now, KIPP Academy is a school that was started and ran by our very own Jarrell Lee. He's a principal there. And so we gave 350 gifts. They dressed up like Santa and came up in there and gave gifts to them. We fed their 50 teachers there and their staff members during that week. And then on top of that, we gave $7,500 to families in need in that school to make sure they had what they needed during this winter season. See, yeah. That's where real partnership and real community happens. Matter of fact, I want you to hear from Jarrell because he just wants to say thank you to you all. Hi, Renewal family. Jarrell here, member of the South Loop Group and also principal of Kip Academy Chicago Primary. I just wanted to take the time to Thank everybody uh, for the generous donations uh, that you gave to my school community. Uh, Due to those gifts, um, right, uh, we were able to provide two key things for our families. One, we were able to give every single child a toy for Christmas. And two, we were able to provide uh, gift cards uh, for our families. So let me tell you about the toys first, right? So we came in and we surprised all the kids and hand delivered toys to each of their classrooms. A lot of hugs, a lot of squeals, a lot of excitement um, because kids were so happy. But the most important part of the gift uh, was the gift cards. So through your donation, we were able to um, provide $100 gift cards to some of our neediest families who were, um, who were going through some tough times. And, and, this, and this was the most, uh, the most special and important part. So we were able to give um, just a little, a little holiday support to families who had lost their car in a car crash, um, who had lost their belongings um, in, a, in, a, in a car fire, um, and to, to one family who um, their mom had passed away in a car crash. We were able to support all of these families. Um, one, one mom, um, when I gave her a gift card, she said, um, thank you so much. I, I didn't know how I was going to get gifts for my daughters this holiday season. Another mom, when I handed her the gift card, she said, I, I was just talking to my pastor about this. Um, and, and we were praying about if I was gonna be able to get gifts for the kids or if I was gonna pay the light bill. But now I'm able to do both. Mm-hmm. See, see, Renewal, the families at my school, right? They're hardworking and many of them work overnight shifts. They work double shifts. They have two jobs and they're trying to do what they can to make ends meet. Um, but even though they try so hard, right, sometimes those ends don't meet. And during the holiday season, which is one of the most fun times, one of the most important times of the year, it's also one of the most stressful times because you try to figure out how you can do it all. Um, sometimes the, the support isn't there and we were able to provide that. We were able to provide that support for the families. So thank you for that. Um, and I don't know your personal situation, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you you didn't have money um, and you didn't have enough um, and you didn't have food and you had to call someone um, to come and bring food to you. I don't know if you've been in a situation where um, 
you were down bad and you had to scrape up change from the couch or scrape up change from the car in order to go to the gas station and put 38 cents on pump three because that was all the money you had. But that's the reality, um, the daily reality for a lot of my families. And, um, and what we were able to do as a church family uh, was incredibly impactful um, for many of our families. And when, when, we, when we gave them the gift, um, a lot of them just burst into tears right then and there because they were so moved. Um, and the thing that I've been praying for um, was manifested right there in front of them. Also for me as a principal, um, this was incredibly meaningful because I was able to, to, to do something for my families who really need that support, um, which I'm often not able to. Uh, but also, uh, I, I, I grew up poor in Cleveland. Um, I grew up as one of those kids. I, I was homeless and living out of homeless shelters when I was younger. And it was, it was because of people who poured into my life, who helped my family out, who, who gave us meals, who gave us clothes, who gave us money, um, that I'm able to be in a position that I am today. And because, because of our church family, I was then able to pay it forward and be that for kids who were in the same situation that I grew up in. Um, this is incredibly meaningful for me, incredibly meaningful for my school community. Um, thank you so much for Newell. Um, love you and thank you again. You all are such a blessing. I, I heard even the, in the first service, uh, Bethany came up. She said she raised $32,000 to, to give uh, to people in Africa and Southern Sudan and just, just uh, through World Vision. And I know there's so many different things that I can hear from different people here in this church. And one day we're going to just take a catalog of that and say, what did God do? Uh, but what I want you guys to get is a snapshot of you know, what we've done as a church, but even individually, what it looks like to release and, and live this thing out. Uh, a couple more things. We, we had young adult gatherings here, and we've partnered with our very own Maria. I see you. You didn't know I was going to talk about you. We've done art shows throughout our community where hundreds of people have been impacted uh, by just coming together, gathering, seeing art and what that does in your life, as well as a New Year's Eve celebration. Uh, they had a good time dressed up. They ain't invite me. Something about pastor coming to some of these things, y'all don't, no, I'm just playing. Uh, they had a great time, red carpet event where they just came out. And this is releasing because you're inviting people that may not step foot in here, but they come to these events and they get to see how you all gather and fellowship with one another. I loved hearing about the, I like to say, the seasoned ladies, the mamas of our church getting together in this past year where they were having gatherings and they're cooking meals and hanging out where they can just have a gathering where the older ladies within our church that have taken care of us, they're just, they're just hanging out and gathering together, inviting other people to say, look, look, let's, let's make sure we have community too. And so there's many of these things happening, book clubs. And, and Tamara, I think I saw you. She put uh, different blessing boxes all over uh, the city where people that are homeless can grab things out of that. And that's just something she's done on her own because she's being released. Our worship team, y'all continue to kill it every week. They do. Come on. They And, and the reason I talk about this in, in a release sense is because I still get calls, texts from people all over this nation, even outside of this country, that are saying, man, I enjoy the worship at Renewal. I just sometimes turn it on in my house. We got playlists on YouTube, and they just listen to it, and it, and it takes them to a place where they're able to meet with God. 
And so they're doing a great job working with that under the leadership of DeMond. Thank you for all that you all do. If you want to sing, jump in with us. I'm pretty sure he would love to hear from you. Chris Tabron and Jordan and, and Mariah and Dan and all of y'all that work back there in the media department, we really appreciate you all. Behind cameras, everything that you all are doing here in our church because during the time of the pandemic, something really shifted. It was already happening before this, but that you have a lot more people viewing online streaming services and, and watching that way. And so the front door of the church changed quite a bit. People aren't coming into the space of the church and saying, let me check it out. They're checking everything out that they need to see outside of this, whether it be a website or social media, all that. Many of you have found our church through Google, and that's because of the work that they do. And I, I, I said this last time to you all, but I still get people emailing me from outside of the U.S. saying, man... I love what God is doing at Renewal, and I, they feel like they're a part of it because of what they do. And so thank you for all that you guys do back there. I know sometimes it's thankless, and it goes without, without being seen. I have the privilege, I mentioned it earlier, of not only pastoring this church, but I serve as the president and chair of the Chicago Partnership, where we partner with other churches in the city to see other leaders and churches planted. Uh, churches like Park Church, uh, you have Progressive Baptist led by Charlie Dates, the Brook Church, uh, Compassion Baptist, Moody, the Holy Trinity, where we plant churches. And I think since the inception, we've seen at least 30 churches planted here in the city where we've partnered together to make sure this happens. And right now there's 40 leaders, some of which that are in this church being raised up. They're not just pastors, but to lead in the local church here in Chicago that we've partnered together to pour into. Now, why am I telling you about this? Because part of our giving goes towards seeing other churches started and other leaders raised up. Why will we do that? Statistically, since the beginning of the church, more people come to know Jesus through new works of the Lord through churches being planted than ever before. You see this in the New Testament when new churches are planted. And so we said, we look, we want to be a part of that work and sending people out. That's why we're here. Someone sent us out and we're here and we planted this church. And so that's part of it. But even more than that, as we gave away $10,000 in December to make sure that Kip Academy was had what they needed for Christmas, there were 10 other churches that did the same thing throughout the city where we raised money and gave it away to these churches to make sure they can be present in their city. And so that's part of what we're part of. And I love it because we're, big, we're doing something bigger than just what's happening here at Renewal. It's not just one church in the city that needs to be helped or lifted up. It's churches all over the place. And we want to see God work through the Big C Church. There's so much work to be done, but just know that there's still work going on that you don't see that you are a part of. Now, family, I could say much more about this, but I, I just mentioned giving. And so what I want to do is I want to bring you into a family conversation. Is that all right? Come on now, y'all. I know y'all hungry. I'm hungry, too. But I want to have a family moment with you all, and I want to just kind of give you a snapshot of where we, how we, we've given in the last year. Uh, so the first slide, if you look at this with me, you all gave financially through tithes, offering end-of-the-year giving campaign last year around $1,005,083. It's awesome. Now, that's $243,000 more than you did the year before. Friends, things like this don't happen in, in the city. 
It doesn't happen with churches that are started in metropolis areas like this that are only eight years old. This doesn't happen. There's a lot of churches that are not making, and you guys continue to give uh, about uh, being a part of what God is doing here. Now, let me break this down a little bit. This means that $926,000 went towards our general offering. As we run things here, we give money away. Uh, We raised $79,000 towards our Engage campaign, where we want to do more work outside of these walls and train up other people. So we want to praise God for that and all the giving that you all have done. Now, look at this next slide. I want to bring you into this a bit more because as the year has gone on, what's happened is that our giving has dropped drastically. Now, this means that for the last six months or so, we've been pulling from our reserves. Now, the average discrepancy between the first six months, now watch this, first six months, And the last six months is averaged around $13,000 a month. That puts us roughly $59,000 behind our budget. Now, here's the issue as a church. We've averaged more people than we ever have before. So for our giving to drop in the last or the second half of this year, last year, means that we've either stopped giving or there's many of us that are new here that have not given or that part of our lives over to the, the Lord. Now, I don't share this to come down on us as a church. No, I, I think there's an opportunity here. I will say this, though. Since the beginning of the Big C, capital C Church, the Big C Church has strived and gone forward because of the generosity of the people. The church, Old Testament, New Testament, thrived because it was marked by generosity. There wasn't this tug and pull effect. People gave drastically. It was marked by generosity. People people trusted the church and gave radically. And radical things happened in their midst. People got saved. There was no, nobody was poor. There were needs that were met all over the church, and people came to know Jesus. Everyone gave of their time, talent, and their treasure. But sadly, and I know it's quiet in here, I'm not talking to specifically one person. Today, the Big C Church, I'm not just talking about renewal, the Big C Church survives off of 20% of the people. And out of that, only 2% of the people tithe. That's 10% of their household income, which we're called as Christians to give to the church, our first fruits. Here's what I want to ask you, because we have an opportunity. What if we all committed to generosity? What if we all gave as the Lord has called us to? What if we let go of this me perspective and now had a kingdom perspective. What could God do? What could he do? I, I do believe that need would be met. Poverty would lessen. Missionaries would be sent all across the globe. Churches would be planted. Society would change on multiple different levels. 
You talk about church buildings or things like that, wouldn't even, we would be able to do that. That's not a thing because we gave radically. I could go on and on and on of what happens through the generosity of the people. So hear me. Here's the tension. This is what I want to bring you into. Here's the opportunity. Our monthly budget, this isn't a, this isn't a secret. It's in our newsletter. It's $80,500 a month. Now, it seems like a lot, but let's do the math. Take a conservative number of attendance of 250 people. That's less than what we average right now. But with that number, if everyone gave $280 a month, that puts us at $70,000 a month, which is what we have been averaging the last six months. And sadly, that number is probably a lot lower than $280 because we average more than 250 people. But if you take that same number, or if you take 300 people now, and you times that by 280, people giving $280 a month, you get $84,000 a month. There's the budget. Now, here's the opportunity. If 250 people, let's go back down to the modest number, 250 people, it's right here. 250 people gave $400 a month. That's 10% of a $4,000 take-home for your household. That equals $100,000 a month. That's $20,000 over our budget. Now, listen, some of us have the ability to do way more than that. Some of us are under that. But what I want you to, I want to bring you into is that when we give, we're able to do radical things within our community and not just say, well, we need to meet a budget. We can do more than we ever could think of. Let's make 2023 the year where we steward and trust God with our finances as we give. If this, is, if this isn't your church home, I'm challenging you to do that at your church home. But if this is the place where you call home, then shoot for that 10%, whatever that is, of your household and give as the Bible tells you to trust God with your finances. Let's be like the old church where generosity was a given and the church was able to do radical things because they weren't hindered by finances. Lives were changed. And the church, it didn't grow by one or two. It grew by thousands. With that, some good news. Out of the budget, y'all, we gave $151,000 away to help start church plants, train up residents, leaders throughout our church, the Engage Fund went to $170,000 out of that $250,000 goal, which helps us get room to think about what does it look like to multiply, train up more leaders, start more churches, give more away through benevolence, new ministry efforts, our own space, all of this stuff. We also gave $30,000 to Campus Outreach, where Tony and his wife, Jenny, they serve, as well as a host of staff. They serve on campuses like UIC and Roosevelt, and lives of college students are being changed because of your giving. Listen to this. 175 students were intentionally evangelized, which means that they shared the gospel with them. 16 students were discipled in that last semester. 52 professions of faith over the last four years. 52 people gave their life to the Lord. On college campuses. Translation, God is moving on college campuses and your giving is helping that happen. Friends, when we give, we're a part of something bigger than us. We're part of something bigger than me. Lives are changed and the kingdom of God goes forward. 
before we go any further, I, and I end today, I just want to, can we pause? Because even in the midst of that tension, I just want to tell you that God has been good. He's been good. Through everything I've walked through today, the Lord has kept us. He's kept you. He's been good. Can y'all give him some praise today? Yes. Lastly, next week, we want to start a series called Let's Rebuild. We're going to walk through the book of Nehemiah. I love Nehemiah. It's one where when you, when you hold, you see Nehemiah, when you hold on to the promises of God, you see him do some amazing things, more than you could ever ask or attain. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about this rebuilding uh, that God wants to do not only in our church, but even in our lives. And so be on the lookout for that. If you want to get ahead, start reading the book of Ezra as it gives you some of the background to that. And we're going to work through Nehemiah. Uh, today, I know, has felt like drinking through a fire hose, and I kept you long because I, I, I just wanted y'all to celebrate with me. But it, I, I pray that it hasn't been a bad fire hose. It's been a fire hose that you heard things, and you're like, God has been doing a lot within our church, and I'm excited about what he's going to do as we go forward. And I don't know about you, but I need good things. I need to hear about good things in, in, in terms of all the chaos that's going on within my own heart and outside these four walls. And so I pray it's encouraged you. Friends, know that God is up to something. And as I say, he ain't done yet. Let's stay faithful in 2023 and watch God do some amazing things in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. You are truly good. You are an awesome God. God, I do pray for the person that stepped in here and like myself, may have needed to hear something good this morning, needed to hear about what you're doing, not only in the life of the church, but so they can be reminded of how good you've been to them. God, I pray that they would know that it's in you we find joy. It's in you we find our pleasure. And I know someone may have walked in here and they're either struggling in that relationship or they've never fully given themselves over to you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, work in the heart of your people to bring about your kingdom here on this earth. Let us say we're done steering or driving the boat our own way. God, take the wheel. We're here. Use us as you will. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.